0: Micah, can you turn on the middle section there? Thank you. Good to see you. Good to see you all. Good to worship with you. Good to just be in the presence of, of God with each other, isn't it? It's good to be here smiling with friends and family. And, you know, I love coming here and just seeing everybody just, you know, celebrate. I'm celebrating with Todd and Jeannie, man. I mean, we're just back there just saying thank you, God, for the, the answers of prayer for them. And just, just kind of being here together is good, I wanna pause for just a moment and I wanna say a special prayer for Kevin Yvonne Megai's son. He has he had a, um, a migraine and it turned into a seizure and he's in a coma and he's just in the hospital that's just out of the blue and now he's kind of trying to wake up but it's not there yet. They they know he's in there but they he can't respond and the doctors just don't know. So if we could just take a few minutes just to pray for Matt is his name and Kevin and Yvonne as they're going through this and we just got to pray, where the doctors don't have wisdom, we know who does, right? And so we just pray for God's wisdom to come in, give answers, and pray for healing. God, we're standing together in the gap for Matt. Lord, he's in the hospital bed where the doctors are confused. We just ask that this will be an opportunity where the doctors will be amazed at the answers that you give and that all the glory is pointing to you because of the restoration and the healing that you are providing through Matt this very second. God, we call upon not our name or nor, nor the doctor's names today. We call upon your name, Jesus, to use and influence doctors. Lord Jesus, we call upon your name for the power that is outside the doctor's capability to, to raise them back up. God, we, 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 we thank you for the, the powerful uh, work of your healing, even in the physical body, that we can come to you and you answer prayers. Today, we commit Matt into your hands and just wake him up, God, in Jesus' name. You do the healing and do the miracle in his body. Bless Kevin and Yvonne today. Give them your supernatural peace. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Believing for a praise report um, from Kevin and Yvonne. It's good to see you here. I'm encouraged every single week. And uh, this sermon series has been uh, fun. I really like it. It's kind of a micro-sermon series. I had a pastor say, never do a sermon series that's only two two weeks long. Um, This one's three weeks long. He said, if you do a sermon series two weeks long, you're just repeating the same sermon twice. So this is three weeks. And last week we talked about the power of yes. Three words that change your life, that will change your life. And if we utilize the yes in your life appropriately and you say yes to the right things. And that's, that's key, right? Saying yes to the right things is going to open up the doors for God's blessings in your life. Every job promotion that you've had is an, uh, was a result of you saying yes and walking through that, even though you may not know exactly how that job would work out for you, you walk through that. Every decision that you have made with a yes um, that has been beneficial in your life is because you have chosen to say that word and use that word and operate in faith, especially when it comes to God, right? How many of you are thankful for the blessings that you received after saying yes to God? In any form or fashion, not just up at the altar, but man, every day when you say yes to God, there's a blessing that comes from that. And so I think that last week we were talking about the blessings that come from yes. And sometimes saying yes to God is hard because it's scary. Let's face it. When we say yes to God, he's usually stretching us to do things that we don't think we can do. And that's always a place where we should seek to find our, where we live because faith, As people of faith, we live in those uncomfortable zones. The moment we are comfortable is the moment that faith no longer really needs to operate. So God's going to continually push you to those places of uncomfortable scenarios in your life, even tough scenarios, and he's going to grow you and stretch you in ways never before if you continue to say yes, even if it means yes in a perspective that is viewed through God's eyes. So yes is powerful, and it will change your life if we make that conscious decision to say yes i'm going to see god working in my life and i'm going to say yes to him it will change you so today last week we talked about yes can anybody guess what today would be on the most powerful word in your life three yes and yes and amen could be but as i think most of us have i just want to hear it back from you what do you think this is going to be yes or no it's hard we're going to be talking about no now, we don't really want to talk about no in church, right? Especially after saying yes. Now, I want to make sure that we're not thinking that I'm uh, contradicting myself by preaching a sermon on yes. And now, I'm preaching a sermon on no. I'm not. But the powerful words that you have in your life are yes and they're no. A yes and a no is required for healthy living in your life. The no in your life is only there so that it can protect the yes that's already in place in your life, or yes to the best things in your life. Hear what I'm saying? They work together, so this sermon is not contradicting last week's sermon. It's only reinforcing your yes that you say to God. So if last week was yes, and this week is no, can anybody guess what next week would be? If you said maybe, that was a trick question. There's no life change that comes from a maybe, okay? Just up front, that won't happen if you're lingering on doing a maybe. So I'm not going to tell you what the third week is or next week is. I'm going to let that kind of hang on because you have yes, no, and what could next week be? Uh, you got to come back, right? Come back. So today, we're going to be discussing... The power of no in your life, can I just say this, is underutilized. It is not interpreted correctly, especially for Christians. It can be very challenging for us to adopt this word no, because I think we are so tempted to say yes to everything. Right? If you say yes to everything, then ultimately those best yeses start fading away and you have nothing left to give. I wish I had a full cup of water and an empty cup right here so I could pour that full cup of water, which is you. But if you're not being filled up and you, don't, you give out all of your yeses, you're not going to have any more yeses to give. Have you been there? You just have no more yeses in your life. You can't say yes to one more thing. Do you know why we live there a lot of the times? Because we haven't exercised this gift of No. And it's important for you to have healthy life, healthy boundaries in your life for a yes and a no. I see that fly bugging you. It was bugging me earlier. She's swatting at this fly. I thought she's up there going, you know, amen. Amen. You see that? I'm going to take that as an amen. It's healthy for us to have boundaries. As Christians, you've got to have a boundary. As a person of faith, you've got to have boundaries, correct? I mean, even with your relationship with God. If you don't have boundaries set in place and times, and you put God in that schedule, that sounds bad, but if you don't say, I'm going to, I, I have to reserve time for my my relationship with God. Your prayer time, your, your, your time with God's being spent in reading His Word, prayer just time, spending time with Him or time separate for that, uh, um, reserved for that, because many of us have too busy schedules. And we need to say no to some things so that these things can open up into our life. And if we say that uh, no, listen, no is just one of the shortest words in our English vocabulary, but it's one of the most challenging and difficult words to say and to hear, isn't it? It's so simple, yet it can be so difficult to utter out the words no. If someone's asking you of something, or if you need to say no to something, or you hear no, it can be very challenging for us and I wonder if that comes from when we're toddlers. What, what's the first word that usually comes out of our mouths? No. Right. Say, hey, don't be saying no all the time. You know, it's kind of like spanking a kid for hitting his brother. That's you, you, not a good idea. But they learn that from us, right, to say no. And they, we've been brought up to just say no, 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 no. And then at some point we're, we're taught to say yes, 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 yes. And so we, we fight this battle of being saying no and yes and knowing where the boundaries are and what, what's healthy. And it's a, it's a struggle. This is probably the biggest one right here. Because let's face it, it's easier to say yes than it is to say no. And the trap that we get into is we say yes to everything and we are living a life that we're drowning because we haven't exercised No. So I want to kind of go over a few things of just practical human beings you and I experience in this aspect of saying no. Why we feel the pressure to say yes when in reality we should be saying no. There's a few things I wanted to identify, but if before that you can turn over to Mark chapter 5. And this is where we're going to be reading with Jesus and how he demonstrated a no with the pressure of saying yes. Mark chapter 5, we'll be starting with verse 1 there after we kind of hit some of these points of why it's so tempting To say yes, or why it's so difficult to say no in your life. I think for most of us, we feel selfish if we say no. We're 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 people that are not supposed to be selfish, and as Christians, people of faith, boy, that that is not what we want to feel. I don't want to feel like it's all about me. And so if someone is, is asking of something and you turn that down, it makes you feel self-centered and you don't like that feeling. And You shouldn't feel that feeling because you're a Christian. Right? I mean, that, that's just how we feel. And we get trapped. We get trapped in this feeling because you get a loaded question at times. And the loaded question can sometimes look like this. If somebody calls you and, and asks this and said, I wouldn't have asked you if I didn't think that you cared. That's a loaded question. And you're going to feel like you have to say yes. I'm just going to release you. It's okay as a Christian to say no. It's okay to say no. In fact, let me just go a little bit further. Some of us need to say no to some things in our life. And I'm not just talking about sin. Right? Because I think that we as Christians, we have internalized that the only time that we say no is when it's directed towards sin. But Jesus, Jesus never said, or he didn't just say no to sin. And I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'll go ahead and go there. Jesus was asked to stay in Capernaum for a little while and he said no. Jesus said no to James and John when they were wanting special privileges in heaven, and he said no. He said no to Peter when Peter asked him to stop talking about his death in that way, and Jesus just said, no, I'm not going to. When the crowd asked Jesus to perform a sign and miracle, he said no. When the disciples asked Jesus Jesus to send the, the, the children away, he just simply said no. There are healthy boundaries for us in your life that we need to follow a model after a biblical model, So that you can be healthy mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Second reason why we don't want to say no is we just don't want to let anybody down, right? I mean, you're just that type of person. I'm that type of person. I just don't want to let let anybody down. Basically, for us, it's, it's, it's the people pleasers. We know that's not good, but we just are. We just like to have everybody on our side. We like to be friends with everybody. We don't want to let anybody down. And it's this perception that is, if, if I say I can't do that right now, you're, we're just letting people down. And, you know, honestly, I think that we would rather be disappointed in doing it rather than leaving someone else disappointed in by not doing it. Have you ever been there? Boy, we're, we're confusing creatures, aren't we? It's difficult to figure out the human heart. And so we'll suffer so that someone else will reap the benefit. But I don't know if that's necessarily a biblical or God-honoring way. Of living. Saying yes, let's just face it, just comes more naturally to you. One of the things that my grandpa said before he died, he said, Seth, I don't ever want you to become a yes man. Don't ever just follow the crowd. Don't ever just do what everybody else is doing. Just don't do that. Now we say, yes man, this is different than that. This is just somebody who says, man, I want to say yes because I want to help out. You're a helper. You love helping out. It doesn't matter where. In fact, you just want to you just want to fill fill in the area that's needed the most, and and you can do whatever and whatever. And anytime that there's a need, you just come to me. I'll, I'll just I'll just say yes, and, and and wherever you can help, possibly that's where you want to be. It doesn't matter, and you would rather say yes than no. And this is all good. And it's a good start, but what happens is you, you as the week goes on or the month goes on or the year goes on, you realize that you have said so, yes to something that you just ultimately would have to had said no to because your schedule just doesn't permit it, no matter how badly you want to help out and no matter how much you want to just uh, uh, validate um, other people in yourself, you just realize that you have put yourself in a a predicament or in a situation where your life is just too chaotic and you've said yes too many times because you're just that type of person who loves to be there for people. The other one is, boy, we just want to return the favor, right? Somebody's been nice to you. Somebody's been great to you. And they, they helped you out in a big way. The pressure and the responsibility you feel is just to do the same for them. There's nothing bad about that. There's nothing wrong with that. But that shouldn't be just your only deciding factor for doing that for someone else. Because what that is, is that is the trap of being living in the power of reciprocity. I think I said that right. It just seems to be a word that I can't pronounce today. Reciprocity. If you're not familiar with that word, it's basically that it's that you are um, responding. With a favor because someone gave you a favor. And we see this, right? I mean, in just very simplest terms. If you go into your favorite hotel or even at the gym um, where I go, they, they have double doors. You go into the, the first set of doors. It's from the outside world going into this buffer room, right, to keep the noise of outside world out and then into the second pair of doors. So if you come up to that first pair of doors and you, someone's there with you, you open the door and they walk right through. Well, they're going to return the favor. They're going to grab the door and open it for you. And if the doors are too close together, you can see people tripping over each other and it's a little funny. But it's because we're living out that being courteous, right? But it's actually just the power of you did me a favor. I'm going to do you a favor. And it's kind of ingrained in us that if that happens, then you are required or obligated to return the favor. But that isn't a healthy model of saying yes. I'm not saying not do it. There are just times where you have to use wisdom and sensitivity and judgment on what you're saying yes to. Because you could fall into a trap of always responding with a yes because you feel obligated. Which isn't. Always healthy, right? So I'm not telling you if somebody did you a favor to not return the favor. I'm not saying that because that wouldn't be healthy. I'm saying sometimes we need to make sure our yeses are the best that we're making in our day-to-day life. You hear me on that? And amen. That was good, William. All right, you ready for Mark? Chapter 5. We got our ears tuned in. We got it, got it figured out. We're human beings that just naturally want to say yes and have a hard time with boundaries and saying no. Jesus says no. And this story stuck out to me because it's different than any other scenario. And I specifically wanted to use Jesus as a reference versus some other biblical characters um, today that have re- uh, said no in a healthy way. Um, because I think obviously Jesus, if Jesus can do this, then he's example setting an example for us. In this area where Jesus says no, the temptation and the pressure was there for him to say yes. In fact, this happened all the time, but specifically this one is probably the most profound one that I could find. To give a little bit of a background, I'm just going to kind of ho- hover over Mark chapter 5. And you can read along with me. We're going to Go over where the man is demon-possessed. This man was demon-possessed, and he lived in this area. He had a thousand or more demons, at least a thousand demons living inside of him. He was a wreck. He had turmoil. He lived in the graveyards, and he would be screaming and hollering at night and during the day. The demon possession was so bad, it gave him a supernatural strength. He was able to break ropes. They tied his feet and his ankles and his hands together he would break them they put him put them in chains and he was able to overpower the chains because of a supernatural strength that was inside of him he would he would get stones or flint stones and he would he would cut himself There was nobody, no force strong enough to wrestle him to the ground and and keep him contained. Nobody could do this. Jesus comes walking into the scene and everybody in the town knows him. They know that this man is crazy. They they know that that he is wreaking havoc and just stay away from this guy. This man, rather the demons inside this man, notice Jesus and come running Straight towards Jesus. And beg Jesus, don't cast us away from this area. Don't cast us out. But cast us into those pigs over there. And so Jesus does. He casts them into the pigs. And the pigs go running off and drown in the water. Right? We remember this story? And the whole town is upset. And I think because they're afraid, they don't know what's going on. They don't know really what, what, what is happening with this Jesus. They've heard of Jesus, and now they get to see his power. And this, the, all this big, huge herd of, of pigs was just wasted because that was someone's money, finances, livelihood. He just drowned in the ocean. So they get upset because Jesus is, again, causing turmoil in this area. He heals this man and drives out all the pigs. The pigs die. And all the people get upset. And Jesus, we want you to leave. Get out of this place. Without putting up a fight, he just says, okay, I will go. And he leaves. And as he was about ready to get into the boat, the man that was healed from the thousand demons comes to Jesus. And here's the scenario that I want to hover over today. So in verse 18... That's where we're picking up the story. And as Jesus was getting into the boat, as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. But Jesus didn't let him. When you read that, do your ears just perk up like mine and think, what on earth? Why wouldn't Jesus let him go with him? Jesus is harsh. This man was just healed. And all he wants to do is be next to Jesus. And I can't blame him. Jesus healed me. And he was. In the, I would do my best. And I would plead, God, let me just come with him. He knew he was the son of God. And Jesus just says, no. I've got better work for you to do here. Go home to your people. Tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man w- went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. That's the story. And I think the first principle, when we say that we got to have boundaries in our life, we look at Jesus and what he, did he say no to? He said no to the good things in our life. He said no to some of the good things in his life you see the man wanting to follow jesus that was a good thing the man who had been healed that was a good thing the man that wanted to go and serve with jesus is a good thing and there are some good things in your life that you need to say no to are you hearing me on this let me just say we have a tendency to think that we are just to say no to the bad things in our life that's not true and you're going to leave, live a life that you're drowning in if you just say yes to all the good things that come along your way. Because there are a million good things to do. Jesus had a thousand people, more than a thousand. There were thousands of people that wanted to be right next to Jesus. But there was something that he had to do. He had to disciple 12 men to carry out the message that he had uh, to give them just in a sh- three year short amount of time to disciple them so that they would carry that message out. If he said yes to every single person that wanted to be right by his side 100% of the time, he would never have the opportunity to disciple the 12, the 3, and the 1. So some of those good things are getting in the way of the best things that you have in your life. Some of those good things that will come along your way will distract you from the yes that you need to continue to say yes in. And the only way that you can really successfully say yes in your life to those things that are important to you, those things that that mean a lot to you, and that's um, your relationship with God, your relationship with your family, your work, the things that are important to you, you have to protect those by saying no to some of those things that are good. The thing that, that Jesus was presented with was a good thing. It wasn't wrong wasn't sinful. wasn't evil. It was good. He was set free. He had a story like no other that he could share along with Jesus and and, uh, validate what Jesus was saying. When he came in, he could say, I've been healed by Jesus. If that was just his own job, he had a part that he could do. He could help. But he had to say no because he knew that if he added it would actually take away, right? When we add some t- some things in our life that we shouldn't be adding, even some of the good things, I'm not going to say all of the good things, but some of the good things that are there just distract us and take away from those yeses that are in our life or the yes that you should be making, right? Sometimes adding is actually taking away. The second thing that I see that Jesus did here is he said no to the things that others wanted him to do. Just because someone else places the pressure upon you doesn't mean that you should do this. Doesn't mean that that's the best thing for you. And we're talking about the best things in your life. The spiritual disciplines, those are the best things in your life. Because all of your other, the the things that, that will come from that will be added, right? We've been saying that a lot lately. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. So if you seek that first, how many of us are seeking that third or fourth because we've said yes to many other distractions to that? So you said yes to this. Now you've got to protect that with no to other things that are good. We're saying yes to uh, God, and we are saying no to the things that other people want you to do at times. This can be a distraction. The man who had been demon-possessed Begged him. He pleaded with him. He was adamant. He was persistent. I want to come with you. I want this. Let me do this. Do this for me. Have you ever been pressured to give in to the demands of others? The question is, if you do, is that going to produce the best yes in you? If you give in to what others think is important for you, it will get you off track of doing the things that you really Need to be doing the important things in your life. Here, I want to give you a little secret. You ready? One of the biggest distractions that you will have in your life is urgencies and urgencies from others. Urgencies to get you off track of what you, where you are at in your yeses that you have. The best yes, the emerge the the urgency is often spelled out like an emergency, but it's not. They're different. And they'll place that urgency upon you and it will be a trap for you to redirect and focus all of your attention on someone else's urgency that they're thinking is an emergency, but it's not in reality. And it's just distracted you and taken you away from what God has had has for you. And really, it stems from a lot of the emotions that we have. See, this man was highly emotional and rightfully so. He comes to Jesus. And he's, he's excited. Maybe he's overwhelmed with tears. Maybe he, just has found, he has just found life and what it means, he's got a brand new life with God. and he's coming to him, and he is um, emotional just ready, invested. I'm ready to do whatever it takes. And here's the thing: he has good intentions. He has the right heart. He has the right motives. But just because he has the right heart, the good intentions, and the right motives doesn't mean that Jesus was required to say yes, and neither should you. Because that could be just a distraction for what God is asking you to do and what you need to choose in your yes, in your life. See, this man's urgency was not Jesus' emergency, nor was it his priority. If we continue to shift our priority to what others demand of you, then you will never be able to build that foundation of what God is building inside you. The foundation of faith. The foundation of the direction that he's heading heading you towards. What are the things that God is building inside of you that you need to continue to say yes to? Don't get distracted by the urgencies of others because their urgency is not your priority. And I don't want to come across harsh, but there needs to be boundaries in our lives so that we can be effective. So that you can be ready to serve when you know you need to serve in this capacity. Jesus healed that man. And that man's urgency was a pressure for Jesus to say yes. General Eisenhower said this, when he, and he often told his soldiers this. And I love Eisenhower. He said, the, mo- the more important an item, the less likely that it's urgent. The more urgent an item, the less likely that it is important. Be careful of the things that seem urgent or important in your life. Stay with what you know God has called you to and what he has already asked you to. And refusing the urgency is going to be the hardest thing that you will have to do because it's going to test your wisdom and it's going to test your sensitivity. Jesus used wisdom and he used sensitivity to redirect this man and to be able to continue his focus with his disciples. Third and last, saying no will allow you to do more. Simply put, you want to do more. That's why you keep saying yes, but you found yourself doing a whole lot less because of that. You want to do more, you've got to say no to the right right things. Say no to the right things. Katie's shaking her head. you got to say no to the wrong things. just depends on how you're going to interpret that. We've got to be willing to say no to the right things. We've got to be willing to say yes to the right things. We've got to say no to the right things so that we can protect the right things we said yes to. And it allows us to, to do more. Didn't, Jesus didn't just say no, right? He didn't just say, no, you're out of here. See ya. Nope, I'm on the boat. I already healed you. You're good. Nope, it's good, man. Love your heart. You're good. No, nah, he, he, he said, I've got something more. I've got something greater. I have a more important goal for you. See, Jesus was kicked out of that town. He said, I want you to stay here with your people. People know you. They know you who you were. They know who I am. And they know who you are now. Right. So your influence is going to go greater. You're going to have a greater reward than my influence. They're not ready to listen to me, but they're ready to, listen, they're ready to see me through you. Right. And so when he was able to, to share uh, what Jesus did... Into this region, I want you to listen here because in Scripture I think we can overlook this and think this is a typo in God's Word. So the man went away and began to tell uh, in the Decapolis. In the Decapolis, don't don't we just mean in Decapolis? Wasn't that a city or a town? No, Decapolis. Deca is ten. Paulus is cities. It was a ten city radius that this man went out with the influence of Jesus had done for him and was able to sp- to share and spread and be an influence greater by himself. Because Jesus said no to him, there was more fruit on the other end of that no than if Jesus would have said yes. It's no accident that Jesus said no. He knew where the influence would be. Also, interesting to me, Jesus gave permission. He said yes to the demons, but no to this man. I believe it was a setup. Jesus said yes to the demons and all the pigs and all this that was going out. It was setting up a story of God's power. Of who Jesus was. And nobody could defy and nobody could deny. Because there was evidence outside of that person that would prove who Jesus was. Jesus knows how to say yes and he knows how to say no. Jesus said yes to this man when he came to him. Jesus said no when the man wanted to follow him. Because there was fruit, not just on the yes, but there was fruit on the no. And the blessings are on the no, as just as much as the yes. We have a tendency to think there's only fruit on the yes. But the fruit is on the no as well. But we have to retrain our thinking and say, God, where do I need to say no so that your influence can be expanded greater? Because your opportunity to say no is someone else's opportunity to say yes, or there would not be a yes if there was not a no before that. Do you hear me? Don't be afraid, don't feel guilty, don't feel condemned by saying no. Live in the power that God is giving you to use wisdom and discernment when to say no, not just when you feel it, but when you know that God is saying no, and when to say yes. Protect your yes with a no. These are healthy boundaries, and when you have the healthy boundaries in your life, there is fruit, there is a greater outcome, and there is blessings, and there was freedom in your yes and your no. That's why you said, let your yes be yes. It's important to know where your yes is. Let your no be no. It's important to know where your no's are. There is is freedom in those two choices. Protect your life. Protect your spiritual walk. Protect your relationship with your kids. Protect your relationship with your wife. Protect your relationship with God. Do that with your yeses and your noes. Honor God with that and freedom will come. You know where there's no freedom or captivity? There's captivity when we don't have boundaries. It's ironic, isn't it? We don't have freedom when there's no boundaries. There's a study that was given... It was conducted, and it was discovered, or to discover the effects of a fence around a playground and the consequent impact it would have on preschool children. Teachers were to take their children to a local playground in which there was no fence during their normal recess hour. And the kids were to just play as normal. And the same group was to be taken to a comparable playground in which there was a defined border designated by a fence. And in the first scenario, the children remained huddled around their their teacher, fearful of leaving her sight. The later scenario exhibited drastic different results. The children, feeling free to explore, and the safety given in their boundaries were able to play. This is us in our boundaries of our yes and our no. You will have freedom in your decision making. You will have fruit there with your yeses and your noes and the influence and the impact that you have It will go further and further and leave you feeling richer and fuller. And you will have a healthy, mental, emotional and spiritual life when we choose to say yes to the right things and to protect that and to say no to the right things and protect that. Amen. Let's stand together. There are some things that we just need to say no to, and some of those things are good. There are some things that we haven't discovered the yes yet. We don't know. Maybe there's something in front of us that we need to say yes, and we don't know. When God is challenging you today in your yeses and your no's, and you're going to live a powerful, dynamic life, you're not going to feel overwhelmed, you're not going to feel drained, you're not going to feel like the world is crashing in around you, because you're going to live in the safety and the boundaries of what God has set up for you in your yeses and your no's. Be strong and courageous in your yeses and your no's. I want to pray a simple prayer of power over you because I do believe that power comes from the answers that we give. And we give that with sensitivity and with wisdom and we don't give in to the temptation of the pressures of what everybody else is telling you to live, how you should make your decisions and what you should do. We are only looking to God and what he says that we should do and where we should live and what we, what we, how we respond and what we are to say yes to and what we are to say no to. It's those choices that we have to look at and say, God, where are you speaking to me? What am I to do? that's a reflection of, that I uh, that we need to take but from here I want to pray over the power of your decisions of your yeses and your noes you feel the, comf- the the confirming peace that will always be an answer that God gives you if you're confused on if it, the the yes is a right answer or the no is a right answer if there is more questions later on than there are answers you know that, that that's not a, a good yes at this moment not saying it forever just at this moment what will always happen and flow through you in the middle of chaos, even if the decision doesn't make sense, but you know that that's the best yes for you is a peace that, I don't know. I just feel peace about this or, you know, I just feel peace about the no. Let the peace of God direct your decision making. He will direct you that way. It's a promise and you will live in that power that he's given you. I'm going to pray for you. God, you see us today. Help us in our decision making that honors you and our families. And us. God, we put you first in our thought process of making every decision. Help us, God, to move with wisdom, with clarity, understanding. Help us not to react in any area of our life of a a yes or no help us not to say a yes or no dependent upon our emotions of what we want but what you want help us to say yes to those things that seem scary to us but we have a peace inside of us help us to say no to those things that that are good but we just don't need to say yes to that any longer because there's something that is in our life that just needs more attention help us god we say yes to you today. And we say no to the other things so that we can protect our relationship with you. You're our focus. You're our number one. We choose you today, tomorrow, the rest of this week, and this month is yours, God, dedicated to you. Give us the strength and the courage and the know how to give the yes. And the know where we need to. Bless us. And use us. In Jesus name. We say together. Amen. Amen. Which is actually a yes. So you just said yes to that. Live in the power that God has for you. In your decision making this week. And he will honor you. And give you freedom. And a joy. That you've been looking for. You are dismissed. Have a wonderful day.